0: CHAPTER 50 OF HERO TALES FROM HISTORY This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. HERO TALES FROM HISTORY By Smith Burnham GEORGE WASHINGTON AND HIS MOTHER When George Washington was a little boy, there was no such country as the United States. The part of America where he was born was called Virginia, but it was not a state then. It was a colony, or new country, settled by people from England. These colonists lived along the eastern shore. Back from the seacoast were beautiful valleys and high hills covered with woods. That region was called a howling wilderness, because there were tribes of Indians roaming through its forests, hunting bears and wolves, war-whooping, and killing and scalping one another. Sometimes they stole up to a lone cabin or settlement to murder a few white people who were brave enough to try to live there, and set fire to their little home. The wealthy Virginia colonists built handsome houses on their large estates. The first families of Virginia, as they came to be called, owned Negroes that had been stolen from the jungles of Africa and sold to the planters. These slaves worked in the tobacco fields and did other work on the farms then there were also white men who had broken the laws in england and were condemned to hard labor in the fields of virginia instead of being shut up in the prisons of england as most of the labor on their farms and plantations was done by black slaves and white convicts the young gentlemen of the colony thought all that kind of work was too low for them to do so instead of laboring to improve their new country as men did in other colonies the strong young men of virginia led lives of ease drinking carousing gambling and horse-racing little george washington's father was a wealthy planter who owned three plantations he was a member of a great english company buying up vast tracts of land in the new country he also owned a big interest in some iron mines and besides all these he was owner and master of a ship which took his tobacco and iron to london and brought back cargoes of silks furniture tea coffee and many other things not then made or raised in virginia mr washington sometimes sailed to england on his ship and commanded his crew from this he was called captain captain washington's oldest son lawrence fourteen years older than george had enlisted in the army while at school in england and was now a captain fighting the spaniards under admiral vernon When George was seven years old, the Washington house was burned down, and the family had to move about 50 miles in a sailboat to another estate named Ferry Farm on the Rappahannock River. From there, George went to school, riding several miles a day on his own pony. The schoolhouse was a mere shed in the center of a worn-out tobacco field. George did not learn much there, but he did have a great time playing soldier. Small as he was, he was captain of the white men the other men were Spaniards, French, or Indians, for England was at war with all these people most of the time. So, just then, there were three captains in the Washington family, Augustine, the father, Lawrence, the soldier's son, and George, the school leader. When George was 11, his father died, leaving the best part of his wealth to Lawrence. By English law, the most of the property went to the eldest son, so the people of Virginia felt that this was the right thing to do. But George's mother thought it was all wrong, when the oldest son of her husband's first wife was made a rich man, and her oldest son was left a poor boy by their father's will. As for George, he believed it must be right because his father had willed it so. Instead of being jealous or grudging his half-brother such good fortune, George began to plan how to earn his own living. In this way, the boy George Washington was preparing for the great war for independence to keep his little brother from going to work lawrence persuaded his stepmother to let him find george a good place where he might become an officer in the english navy he could do so through admiral vernon for whom lawrence had named the mansion he had built where his father's house had burned down but when the time came for parting with her oldest son and stand-by stern dignified mary washington broke down and cried pleading with george not to leave his mother alone in her widowhood and poverty it was so hard for george to give up what he thought was his only chance in life that his face turned white but for his mother's sake he gave it all up taking off his bright middy uniform he folded it away in his new sailor chest never to be worn again when he saw the warship which had been anchored below mount vernon sailing away in the morning sunshine young george washington's future looked as dark as ever it could to a heartbroken lad of fifteen but who would have led the colonists in their rebellion against england if george washington had entered the english navy then and had later become a british admiral instead of commanding general of the american army by the time george was twenty-one his brother lawrence was dead and as his father had willed it most of the property including mount vernon belonged to the oldest son of the second wife George at once provided for his mother against worry or want in future, but he had to tell her he was a man now and that his devotion to country must come first, even before his duty to his mother. The English governor of Virginia sent him, still little more than a boy, as messenger of the British government to the French and Indian commanders in the distant Ohio region. This was a lonely journey of many hundred miles through frozen and pathless forests, full of cruel savages george had several hair-breadth escapes once from drowning in an icy river and once from being shot by a treacherous indian guide a great writer says of his wonderful success on this difficult and dangerous errand through that western wilderness he went in a schoolboy he came out the first soldier in the colonies the brave youth was appointed major washington and given command of a little army to fight the french and indians he soon gained a victory which was called the first blow in a war which lasted in america and europe more than fifty years as a member of general braddock's staff young washington saved the remaining part of the british army at fort duquesne he was colonel washington when he was sent to the congress which adopted the declaration of independence while there he was made commander-in-chief of the continental army in the war for independence His faith and courage and patience endeared him, so that to the country that no other man could be thought of for the first president of the United States except the father of his country. End of chapter 50